always go to the first date and the first date went really well. So I, you know, leave her place and I go to your place and I eat and I shower and I hang out for like two hours and then I go to the second date and then I go to the second date and then I leave the second date like late at night and I drive back. Hi, welcome back to the most dysfunctional lesbian channel. Welcome to Queer Talk. Queer Talk. Podcast full of lesbians who have commitment issues. (laughs) Or or lesbians who just date people who have commitment issues. Yeah, I think you're getting better though. I mean, you were so scared. You were so scared to get in a relationship with Katie like deathly afraid. And now you're, I think you've really grown. She's like, yes, keep boasting me because I made her evolve into an actual feeling. No! I'm like, sorry that I like look out for you. Sorry I give a shit about you. Do you want me to give a shit about you? Fine. No, I get it. I was in that same spot. Like a few years ago, I was really not commitment oriented at all and I could not open up to save the life of me and now it's just like all goes it's all the floodgates have opened we're all we're all open we're ready we're ready for business which sucks sometimes because now I feel like I'm putting myself in a position to be really vulnerable which I like and I don't regret that but it also means that I need to pick my people more wisely my dating advice is uh, a serial date don't serial date? What do you mean by that? Uh, don't break up and then immediately go on Tinder and get into a relationship with the first person that sends you a message back. I was speaking, that. speaking from experience? Speaking from experience. I am, I am that dumb bitch. Well, I was. That's why I think that it's different with Katie because I wasn't like on Tinder or anything or like actively trying to find... Mm-hmm. It just kind of organically happened, but that's hard to do. It really is. It does happen, though. I mean, it's happened to me where it just kind of came out of the blue, and it, it is kind of refreshing to where it, it can be organic. And it can be organic even if it's online and you didn't realize that you were going to, like, you know, it wasn't, also, like, intentional. I'm also now banned from Tinder. You're banned from Tinder? <laughs> yes, I'm What the fuck did you do? Okay, so I made a profile and linked it with my OnlyFans and on with my like link tree that has hers on it too. Okay. Apparently you're not allowed to do that, so Oh. oh, oh, oh. I don't know if it's just like that account was banned or just in total I'm never allowed to use Tinder again. Which like fingers crossed that that's not the case, just just in case. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure Katie doesn't give a shit. She's like, well, you don't need it anyways. <laughs> but there's always TikTok. Yeah, there's always TikTok. There's other dating apps, too. Speaking of dating apps. Yes. Have you tried Tammy? I have not. Have you not tried Tammy? I've been using them lately because I'm a single girl, AO. And it's awesome. It's one of the best apps I've come across. And I've used a lot of them. I'm sure you guys know all of them and stuff like that. But they literally, you can have, you can find friends on it. You can find dates and you don't just, it's not just geolocated like some of the other apps. Like you can find them all around the world, which, you know, as lesbians, we, 
Fantastic. We love traveling. We love fucking traveling. We do it all the goddamn time, even during a pandemic. So I love that. And also, I don't really like getting catfished. I don't really like having random dudes that come up on my other dating apps that I used in the past. And like, you can video chat. So it means that you know exactly who you're gonna gonna be with. So you know that you're gonna be with someone that you actually, you know, like versus a random dude that is trying to get women and posing as, as a woman on the app, which we all fucking hate. But yeah, so I've been using Tammy. They're awesome. If you guys want to check out Tammy, you can get a free trial um, below. And you can start using it for free today. Maybe I'll use it to make friends, but uh, the dating, I'm, I'm off. Well, you're, you're in a relationship, obviously. But for listeners who are single, I mean, it's an LGBTQ app. But I can't believe you got banned. Not the worst thing to happen. I'm not that pressed about it, but, you know. I get that. I definitely would like to talk about the stereotypes and how we feel with, like, dressing and stuff like that. And comments that I get from her account about me or me posting certain things. I'm tired of the male's comment of being, oh, well, you're a lesbian. Why are you with her? Because she looks and dresses like a boy. I'm not trying to be a boy. I'm just comfortable in the way that I dress. And I dress pretty fluidly. I have no issue I'm putting on a dress or anything like that. But is that my comfort level to just go out with stilettos and a dress on? No. And it never has been. Like, even as a kid, like, I fought my mom, like, when we would go to church on Sundays, because she always wanted me to wear a dress. And I, eventually, she just gave up fighting with me and just let me put on whatever I wanted to put on, which was always just pants. (laughs) Always just was. Yeah, I feel like that sucks, because we had a whole conversation about this, like, last week, just about feeling like you don't really fit into a certain category, you know, with all of, you know, stereotypes and you have, you know, butch or stud, and then you have femme, and then, you know, there's stem, and, you know, some people describe themselves as a tomboy or androgynous or, or this or that, but sometimes I don't always feel like I fit into a box. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty in a tomboyish range, but, like, that comes to just presentation in terms of the clothes that I like to wear, because I normally don't really go any further feminine-wise in terms of that. But I am feminine in other ways because I'm really tiny. Like my stature is very petite. Everything about me is petite, which is typically, you know, feminine. And my voice is feminine and, you know, mannerisms and like, you know, my hair, I don't have short hair. I have a little undercut. So like there are certain things that sometimes, sometimes I do feel too feminine for the usual women that I like to date and that I have preferences for. And not that I've had anybody say anything to me about it or like made me insecure about it. Sometimes I just feel sometimes like not masculine enough, which I'm not going to pretend to me, you know, in an effort to overcompensate, I'm still going to be me, but it's still kind of in the back of my mind of like, of that. Yeah. Um, Cause I typically date fence. So yeah. And I, I also yeah which you're you do present a little more masculine than me I come from a family like a line of like boxers and stuff like that so everybody's pretty broad shoulders and that wise so there's not much I can do because even when I did dress feminine like the feminine clothes I felt did not fit my exact like body shape and stuff like that yeah Yeah, you're I mean like you're I would say like 
an athletic, like stocky build. Like yeah. most of the weight that I lost, I mean, I did have weight, but it, a lot of it was just muscle mass. And once I was out of the army, it just kind of all went. Now I'm not like breaking through a doorway to get in. We got to start working out again. I got fucking tree trunks in the back. I got bricks and shit. We can have a real fucking bro exercise regime going on. Honestly, let's just, <sighs> get, a, let's just get a bunch of wood and start cutting it. That, that, there's a video idea right there. We'll get our flannels. Get our flannels out. All in flannels, chopping fucking trees. And then we, it, I traveled 5,000 miles to cut your wood for you. Honestly, we could do one that's like, welcome to flannel gay TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I have other funny ones because we don't do a lot of videos when we're hanging together anymore. Uh-huh. But like, I have funny ones. I have some, I have some ones because we want to do those ass paintings. Yeah. Where we take paintings of our ass. And I have a funny one for that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, do you consider yourself a soft butch? Because I feel like you're more toward that soft butch range. Yes, but I don't, I personally don't feel butch, though. But you're soft, so you're not, like, butch butch. But, like, I still am very feminine. I think so. But. And that's like everyone is like so unique and every everybody's personalities and and how they juggle the femininity and, and masculinity in both personality, representation, looks, sexual preference, all that is so nuanced and complex that yeah. it is hard to fit into a box. I feel like some people like fitting into a box. It makes yeah, them I feel good too. and secure, you know, like, oh, like I realized I am a lesbian and and I identify as that, and like you can feel secure in knowing that. But it can also be that it's so paradoxical. You can still feel like you don't fit in because of those constraints. So some people feel good about them. Some people feel constrained. And I felt both. I felt really good when I first came out as identifying as like queer or gay um, or just like fluid. And I was cool in that. And I really took stock in it. And then it was probably like back in April, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a lesbian. And I was, you know, really afraid to say the word and and I had all of those negative biases against the term lesbian and that's why I use those other words. And now I'm cool with it. Yeah. But in terms of like, that, like that's fine, you know, I can go by any of that stuff. But when it comes to like gender presentation, I'm just always a tomboy. But like when it comes to other things, like, aspects of my personality and things in like a relationship that like sometimes I feel like I need to be more masculine to like take care of certain things or like I don't know what I don't know what I have going on in my brain but if I can articulate it correctly but like because I typically present more masculine because I date feminine women I sometimes feel like I have to like be the one that drives all the time and the bills and the fucking build shit and like be the, and I'm just not all the time. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. So I don't know. It, it is weird. Sometimes I feel, some, you know, I don't, I don't always want to be Big Spoon. I'm, I'm a Little Spoon girl. Uh, I yeah. do like being Big Spoon, but I like being Little Spoon more. So. Derailed. There was lesbians walking. The really? Yes. You clocked them? I, it's like in the wild. Anytime that we go somewhere and I see somebody remotely gay, I'm like, there's another lesbian. It's like, they know that I know. And it's just like an internal thing. We don't even have to make a gesture. Oh. To We're like, we know. 
Oh yeah, I saw like an older lesbian couple walking. They were probably in like their mid thirties, probably a good ten years older than me. And they like looked at me, and I like did like a head nod. I was like, yeah, it's like a smile. I was like a yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if they knew I was gay because I wasn't really wearing anything crazy, and I wasn't wearing a. Be- I wasn't doing anything. Uh, I I could have looked like a straight girl, but I tried my best to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to what we were talking about, like, I almost feel a pressure to start doing more, like, feminine things, like, with some of the comments. Like, it puts kind of that, like, not that I care what people comment, but, like, I don't know, it kind of bothers me to a certain point. Because, I mean, like, I'm, I'm fine with how I dress. I'll do whatever I want. I'll put feminine things on. That's not the problem. But it almost makes me feel like, okay, maybe I should grow out my hair and, like, learn how to do a face of makeup and that's just like not what I want to do not that I will but I don't know I feel just trapped in like this standard of like okay I have a couple videos that end up on straight tech doc and like hearing everything that they have to say that just kind of like feeds into that like anxiety of like going out in public and being like okay people are staring at me and like that's what they're thinking but do you think like if you grew your hair out and you learned how to do makeup would you want to wear it? And when, when you go out, would you rather have people seeing you for how you really want to present and maybe turning some heads because some people are still not normalizing gay people or androgynous presentation? Or like, would you rather just like look like everyone else and, and not be, I guess, quote unquote, noticed? I mean, I've always been noticeable. I mean, it started being less during, like, my senior year of high school, but, I mean, I was out since I was, like, 15, so, I mean, I always was myself authentically, even if it wasn't being able to dress the certain way that I wanted to at the time. I was just always true to who I was, but I would rather wear something that I, I am comfortable with, and I don't really care with the straight men who you know have to resort to buying pictures on the internet yeah i mean maybe it's just a little bit of social anxiety that might be alleviated if you looked like everyone else but i feel like you still want to be happy yeah i feel like i i do have a lot of social anxiety on it just because my mom would very much grill me about like how i was to like dress and things like that and I mean, I started wearing more of, like, tropical shirts my senior year, and, like, my mom would make me go and change because she didn't want me to present gay. And I feel like that's still always been a little bit in the back of my head. I mean, I've been to therapy and stuff like that, but I feel like no matter what, it's still kind of going to be, like, that little voice in the back of my mind that's like, oh, well, people are thinking this or doing that. Yeah, I definitely, I wasn't myself, like, I didn't come out when I was 15, and I didn't even let myself, like, dress the way I wanted to dress, because all of my friends were very heteronormative culture and wore the same shit, and I just wanted to fit in and wear that shit, and I mean, it's not that I didn't think I looked good in it or that I hated what I wore, I, I liked what I wore, I just, there were some things that I wanted, I wanted to explore my gender presentation, and I wanted to explore some of those things, and, like, and, and be and dress more hippie and more hipster. And I wouldn't let myself do it because I was afraid that I was going to get made fun of by my peers and my friends. And I kind of felt that pool of the norms of what people wear and what's popular. 
and not wanting to go against the grain because of wanting to be in the same realm. I didn't want anyone to be like, oh my God, you're dressing like a hippie now. What are you late? Like all of the, all the negative biases around hippies as being like lazy and unemployed and, and uh, stoners. And I mean, I was a, a little bit of a stoner, but uh, it wasn't looked at as a good thing, which I think is fucked up. But, uh, you know, like unambitious and like nobody takes them seriously. So like I didn't want to be perceived as that because I grew up being an overachiever and an academic and the, and the, the star athlete. And so you kind of get, I felt put in, I, I felt like I was in this box of being that person, which is, you know, wearing the cool clothes everyone else is wearing and doing those things and, and not letting myself do what I represent how I really wanted to in that facet. I did other cool things like played drums and, and did things that my friends didn't do. I mean, I was unique in that sense, but it, it kind of bolstered that. It didn't go against the grain. It went with it. So like I started experimenting with my style more in college which not exactly the way I wanted to now, but it was, I just like inched out. I like inched out over a period of 10 years. And I finally got there after 10 years. I was a fucking inchworm of growth for 10 years. And then I took a tremendous leaps of growth in the last three years. Yeah. So lots of change. I've done a progressive growth within like the last year of exactly kind of figuring out like my style and stuff like that. I mean, it takes time for everybody. I'm not always happy with what I put on, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm only dressing for myself and maybe to get attention of other people, but in, in the correct way, not the wrong way. Well, yeah, I definitely dress more tomboy and I have more, sometimes I dress more masculine and I like it. I like the way I look in it. I like the way I feel in it. I feel confident, you know? Like before, I knew I looked good. Like the stuff that I wore, I knew I looked good in it. Not because I of other people complimenting. I mean, there obviously sometimes there is, but like internally, I knew that I looked hot in the stuff that I was wearing. But I didn't want to look like that. I wanted to feel good about it internally. And I remember like not wanting to wear a specific thing to a party. Like, I was wearing, you know, I usually get dressed up and usually like if we're going out to the bars, I would usually dress more feminine, right? Like a crop top, like a nice crop top, like high-waisted shorts, like in 2015, chokers, you know? And I wanted to wear something that I literally would wear now and I didn't let myself wear it because I thought it was too tomboy and it wasn't going to be on par with the other girls were wearing and uh, people were going to say something and I'd, ra- I'd rather just not even deal with it. I didn't want to deal with it. so. It's also I didn't let myself wear it. It's also harder if you don't have a lot of queer like friends. That I mean, what that was back in like 2015. You would have been like two years out of high school. I was one. Yeah, I had one queer best friend queer that I grew up with. She's my childhood best friend, and I mean, her style is very like Midwest, like soft butch lesbian. Like she's still wearing cargo shorts, which like. It's fine, good for her, cargo shorts. I haven't been in since 2006. I love you, Chelsea, but you gotta fucking get rid of those. Uh, but that was like what I thought, you know? I'm like, oh, butch, and then there's femme, and I'm not a butch, and I'm not a femme, and I, that's who I knew, and like any of the other people that I knew, like I just like didn't have any 
queer style icons. And I just started following like YouTubers and stuff like that in 2015 and like Buzzfeed. And so I got all of that influence, but like the confidence to know what I liked and what I didn't like. There wasn't exactly much of a, an example for us to go by then. It wasn't like TikTok where, okay, you're wearing a bandana, you're having a head, like a bun on the top of your head and you're gonna wear a freaking lumberjack shirt over like a sweatshirt. Like we, maybe we would have saw a couple things on like Pinterest or Tumblr. Yeah. But that was about it. You really have to go out of your way to put yourself into queer culture. So I wasn't in it. I, I started slowly following YouTubers and then following influencers on Instagram and then following those hashtags and then like getting into like, the queer film. So it took a long time to be surrounded by that online and then an even longer time to be surrounded by it physically in my real life and have friends and stuff like that. So it really did take a while because you don't have that representation out front. You don't have that usually growing up. A lot of the time, some people do if they're in a diverse or urban area and a city. But yeah, I mean, it, it did take a while. I feel like that was frustrating for me because I felt stunted. I felt like really stunted. Like when I came out, I felt like a seventh grader again. I felt like I was 13 and I feel like you have to do a lot of catch up, which is I think why you have a lot of like people, like women in their mid thirties wearing snapbacks and looking like they're in their twenties, you know, which is, will probably be me because I, I love a nice backwards cap, but we're I don't know. behind the progress because straight people have it from birth to graduating they know exactly like what type of roles they fit into and like okay this is your style and it's all over media for them but we don't have that so we're stunted yeah. emotionally until like coming out and then it's like yeah okay now you're figuring out everything from scratch but you're to do it by yourself yep I think that's crazy when I really think about it it is nuts and I think about myself how I thought and my thought processes and what I was, my priorities and what I was concerned about and my fears and insecurities and desires like in high school and in college and, and now, and they're so vastly different, not just because I'm older and have more experience, but because I'm living more authentically. I don't know. I just, yeah, it evolves. What is TikTok still supposed to be taken down on the 15th or no? Is there an actual date that they're taking TikTok down? I don't know if there was. Uh, I know what? they're still trying to, uh, somebody try them, buy them out. I don't know. I read yesterday somebody got, like, they didn't approve it or, like, it fell through. I wonder who was trying to buy them out. Facebook? Uh, I don't think it was. Snapchat? Twitter? YouTube? Well, YouTube's owned by Google and Instagram's owned by Facebook. Snapchat's on its own. I don't know who Twitter's owned by if they're on their own too. But I could see Google buying them out. Yeah, I think. And owning them. Google. We can't even find it. Um, TikTok and Oracle will be business partners in the US. A deal met to satisfy Trump's administrative security concerns, a source says. But I don't think it's like completely confirmed yet. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's literally going to be over. Like, not completely over, but they're going to stop making it as big as a deal after the election. Please go out and vote. If you are 18, register to vote. Yes, register to vote. Oh, I know, like, we don't want to have to vote for Joe Biden, but, like, would you rather vote for Trump? So, <laughs> I mean, you guys know what way we swing, but just register to vote. Be a voter. Get out there. Register to vote. 
for your interest. You know, listeners, you guys are probably gay if you're listening to this. So vote in the party that best suits your needs, um, whatever your priorities are. Who wants Harambe again? Do you guys remember that? Oh, my God. If you if, – okay, the listeners don't know. Uh, Harambe was the gorilla. It was at the Cincinnati Zoo because I'm from Cincinnati. I literally lived – I just moved – I lived right by the zoo. I could walk to the zoo. And it, it was this horrible instance of this, of Harambe getting shot because a, a negligent mother, her kid got into the cage and the gorilla had to be shot down, which was really sad. But it got crazy news and it ended up being on the ballot. Somebody like put him on the ballot and literally had so many, like so many people voted in the last uh, presidential election for Harambe. So if it is on the ballot, if it is you know. on the ballot, but like, you know, let's maybe take this one a little bit more seriously. <laughs> the last one. We... I'm kidding. Don't throw your vote away for third party. It's not a good idea. Just please register to vote. Yes. Be the change. Be the change. Uh, we have to do better. Oh, funny thing. I have a friend who is dating someone who is on security for like secret service for... Oh, yeah. The campaign, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they work for Kamala Harris. So they do secret service for Kamala Harris. My sister has a buddy um, at her base that does secret service, I guess, for he ended up on a detail for Melania. She came to Fort Bragg or something. And I guess the gifts that she gives, like the dudes that do secret service, she like gives them like Rolexes and stuff like that. That's awesome. Here's what I heard. Because this isn't the first time I had one of uh, my cousin's best friends did Secret Service, um, and he did stuff for Hillary Clinton. And then now this friend who's done stuff, um, he's also done stuff on detail for um, Trump and things like that, too. And there's some dirt. Um, I guess Hillary Clinton's not a very nice person to service people, which sucks. That just sucks for everyone. Uh, apparently she's an asshole. And I've heard that from literally two different people who did Secret Service. Apparently she's a real big bitch. And apparently, I don't know much about Trump, but I, I know his children are, like, nice, yeah. like, to, to service people. I don't know if they're nice in general. I don't know if they're good people. I don't know if anyone, any of these people are good. But they're nice to the service people. Like, they're, like, I guess good, like, kids, apparently. So I don't know who raised them, but. A good nanny. A very good nanny. A very good au pair. <laughs> yes. You know? And I guess that there were some really, like, nice, tender – because everyone's saying that, like, Melania is, like, trapped in Trump. And, stuff. and it might be. might so. Who knows? Um, but I guess they also said that there were some, like, really tender moments that they showed with, like, the both of them. So maybe they actually have, like, a nice marriage. Who knows? Not taking sides, but yeah, – I'm Switzerland in this. We'd like – I'd like to think that Hillary is a really nice person and nice because she's – supposedly a social justice warrior and, and stuff like that. And so you'd like to think that she's the nice one and Trump's the asshole rich person. It doesn't always work out that way, though. You don't really know people, you know? The only hot one in Congress is my girl Cortez. <gasps> yes. Oh, the glasses do it for me. He's so hot. Oh, my God. I will let her do some sick fucking things to me. Sick fucking things. I bring it up every time I go to my dad's house because she'll he's he always has Fox News on and she'll come on. So does my parents. So do my parents. And I'm like, Dad, you mean Cortez the hot one? And anytime I refer to her as like the hot one, he's like, what, with her bug eyes? And I said, no, she does not have bug eyes. Bug eyes? eyes? 
Bug eyes? Are you serious? They're gorgeous. That's like the audacity, father. We have different views on women, apparently. A strong, powerful woman in a pantsuit? Oh, wow. Come get me. Steinman did it for me. Gloria Steinem? Yeah, they have a, there's a, there's a movie out about her. And it's played by, um... The one Julianne I Julianne Moore, which is one of my favorite people, and there's so many good people in it. But Julianne Moore is one of my favorite actresses, and and she's playing Julia Steinem. Yeah, the whole movie, the whole series that I I watched, it's Miss America, and I was like Kate Blanchett in it, and I'm literally just watching. Yes, her. Miss America. I've only watched the first couple episodes. Yeah, I was like, this is Brie. This is Brie. Gloria Steinman, her as Gloria Steinman, that's Brie. <laughs> energy that you give off. Such big dick energy when you come into the room. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, I really like hearing that. So how's the dating then? How's dating? What do you want to know? I want to know it all. Man. Dates lately. My lately dates? Lately dates? Um, was, it, was it a triple or a double for you? What do you mean? Was it a triple or a double that one that one weekend that we went to North Carolina? <laughs> Don't put me on blast like that. Triple. I didn't I didn't mean for it to happen, but I was you know the girl that I had a little fling with. We kind of just like stopped it, and I just started matching with a bunch of people, and then I started going on dates with a bunch of people, and I ended up like matching with two people and I ended up having two dates that I didn't realize I was only supposed to have one date. And then I ended up having a second date. And, (laughs) and so you guys were away and I didn't know how it was going to go down and I didn't like plan for it. And, uh, you gave me your key to your place so that I could stay (laughs) there and like take take a shower if I needed to. And, uh, so I go to the first date and the first date went really well. And so I didn't have to use your place <laughs> until the next day. And so I, you know, leave her place and I go to your place and I eat and I shower and I hang out for like two hours. And then I go to the second date and then I go to the second date and then I leave the second date like late at night and I drive back. And uh, yeah, I had a twofer. I had a, I had a twofer <laughs> one weekend. I'm guilty of that too. God, if they listen to it this. It wasn't intentional though. But it wasn't intentional. No. And I wasn't leading anyone on. So it's fine. I just, I don't want to get their feelings hurt. I feel like someone's, one of them's going to fucking listen to this. And it, <laughs> I feel what bad. I feel bad. I feel I, bad. But I kind of, it was fun. I didn't realize it was going to happen. Yeah. And it happened and it was a fun time. And, and it was, it's fun to have those different experiences with different women. So, Yeah. I will say, since I had a serious thing, and I mean, it ended, I mean, it was like eight months ago or so, but I had never slept at someone else's house, like fully slept over since that, the weekend of two with the first one. That was the first person, and I could not sleep. I hadn't done that. And it, it, I mean, not that it it was a nice place and everything. It wasn't like that. Um, I I was just like not comfortable. And I'd always had people to my place to do, I didn't realize that was going to be something for me. Like, not that I regret, like, sleeping over after, but I feel like I, I would have wished it was with someone that I actually like. And was like, yes. I, I, I liked her, though, but it, it wasn't, like, in, investment. It wasn't like we both were 
had feelings for each other. I wish it was for with someone that I actually like had feelings for that I did that first, but you know, you figure stuff out. So, and you realize what's like too much and, and what's not enough and, and stuff like that. I think that, you know, when you're dating people, I, I like realize this, that I like, I really let girls in that I shouldn't have like just certain things that I just should have kept for myself or for someone who was deserving of it. Yeah. And I didn't do that. And I feel bad about it. Like, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like, and I'm, and I'm not meaning this in a way of like being like having an ego or being like super like overconfident or something, but like I, I have a lot to offer in a relationship. And I feel like, I was just giving my energy to people who could not give me the same energy back. And that sucked. And I don't regret doing, I don't regret opening myself up to and being vulnerable. And that's not, it's not like one of those things where I like, Oh, I fucked up. I'll never do that again. And now I'm just going to be a fuck boy and like never open up. It's not like that. I don't regret doing that. Cause I really feel like, you know, I give it a good old try. Yeah. Uh, and I feel good about that. I don't feel good about, um, not leaving the first time when I didn't feel respected. Yeah. And, I think also, not leaving the first time when I f- was feeling maybe like used or like, um, feeling like my cup was empty and like, I wasn't getting the nourishment that I needed in, in, in that. And I wasn't getting my needs met, but I was just like emptying my cup. And that's something I was used to. And I think that's why I wasn't used to that. I'm not that person that's like, oh, I always catch feelings and I always get my heart broken. I always get hurt. And there were so many other factors that went into it that I, you know, was kind of like, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And so like the second time when I literally felt the same exact way after talking and communicating, it doesn't matter how much you communicate. It, it's the depth of it. And the, it just like was not, it was just so fucked up. And like, I, I ended up feeling the same way and then I felt bad about it. And I felt like I should have seen it coming and I felt like a dumb bitch. I felt like such a dumb bitch. Well, I um, feel also a good learning tool, especially obviously for younger people. We're still yeah. Young. For the listeners, you know, Yeah, it's, it's a great learning tool. You, you're going to fall like your first crush. Obviously you're going to fall head over heels. That's not really negotiable, but they're, you're going to learn along the way and learn different things about yourself and what you do and don't like. Yeah. So eventually, hopefully big picture, put all of those things together. Once you find that person that suits all of those things, then all of that wouldn't have been for nothing, but it sucked to go through it during the time. I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. But I definitely... I'm going to have my time and who I spend it with is definitely going to be more closely monitored and yeah. what I offer people. And I'm going to be more cognizant of what they're offering me in return. Cause it made me feel like high maintenance or like I was too much or like too sensitive or too emotional, which is not me. It really isn't. It's not something that people have ever described me as. And so when I felt that way, I just like, Without and after talk and after doing all of this stuff, and I still felt that way. I'm like, okay, this like cannot be me. Like this yeah. cannot be me. And I take full responsibility for my shit, on all my flaws. Like I really do. But I was just, you know, when you f- think something's about you, 
and then you realize you might have gotten caught in the crosshairs of someone else's shit. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt with it. Um, I felt like some of the stuff that happened, I got caught in crosshairs. Um, but even if it, any of that stuff didn't happen, sometimes you just don't mesh. Um, even if people are their best selves and, and give you just as much and, you know, all of that, it still cannot, it can't be right. I feel like it still wouldn't have been right even if all that shit was non-existent and it was, you know, it was both give and take. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have worked out. I don't think the next relationship's going to be it, probably. It's going to take a little bit because you have to evolve as a person and the other person that you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life, if you believe in that, has to also evolve, you know? And so maybe that is, that is what, you know, you have to have relationships as teachers and, like, you know, most likely you might not be with that person and that person might not be with you and, and you guys are figuring shit out as you go and each taking little things from each one to get to the person that you're supposed to be with you know maybe you're not supposed to be with that person yet because if you were with that person now you it wouldn't work yeah so like I take that as like oh this person was a teacher and I was probably a teacher to that person and we'll take what we learned and move on to the you know because everyone's on their journey so like it's hard to talk about shit about people when you realize everyone's just on their own journey And sometimes you get caught in the crosshairs of their shit. And sometimes you are the one that is the shit. Like I look back at some stuff and I was like, oh, like, you know, I, I fucked that up or I, I could have been this, I could have been more of this. I could have done more of this and just realizing your shortcomings and realizing we need to work on and realizing what's in your control and what's not and what you want to, what you want to do. I mean, like, I think it's interesting, like when you're, with someone and you get that little thing in the back of your mind that's like probably not going to work out but you don't really listen to it because it feels so good in the moment you know it's always that gut feeling and then it yeah. ends up working out it doesn't because it's your higher self telling you this ain't it bitch yeah. and you and you should listen to them because it'll probably get you to the to get you on the right path faster if you listen to it but it's hard because you have emotions and you have really good sex and and you have attention and it's really hard to listen to that voice and then and then after you get out of it and you're like we had no future and you want a future so what the fuck were you doing I ask myself that a lot with a lot I've dated I'm like I this would not have worked out at all but I was dead set at the time that that's that was perfect that's exactly what I wanted and then Quickly, no. Yep. In hindsight being 2020, you know, I still would have done it. I I don't regret. I don't, I have no regrets with that. I have no regrets when I, of anyone that I've dated besides the men. Well, I actually, I don't even think I have regrets about the men because it was one of those things where I had to, had to do it. I had to date them. I had to try and try and try. Like that was just like my personality. I had to like, fuck a couple of them even though I knew I was gay to just just be sure like I had to it was part of my journey so I don't technically regret any of it because I wouldn't be who I am today without it so I just regret the girls that I catfished when I was 13 and 14 oh my god you catfished people let's talk about that can we get away from me for a moment let's talk about this I did I catfished but like growing up I was always tomboy and then I don't know why it clicked in my head. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk to a girl, I hadn't come out yet. And I hadn't like come 
fully to that realization. I was like, if I'm going to talk to girls, like I never wanted to talk to guys, but I was like, I'm going to talk to girls and I'm going to pretend to be a guy. (laughs) And I did it. I literally, these girls would call me on like my parents' landline, like our home phone when we still had landlines. And like, I did a fake accent and everything. Oh my God. You're fucking terrible. You're awful. But then I I realized I was like, oh shit, I'm gay. And then I, I was like, I could use my pictures to talk to girls. And then I did that. That's fucking hilarious. I will say when I realized that I was not straight, I didn't know what I was, but I realized I wasn't straight. And this was maybe, mm, this was junior year. And do you remember Yik Yak? Yes. Yes. So Yik Yak was like kind of popping and I just would kind of read stuff and, you know, like thumbs it up, thumbs it down. I, I kind of forget all the nuances of Yik Yak, but they're anonymous posts and you have people that are bearing their soul because they know yeah. they can get it off their chest without it being anonymous. And so you have people that were questioning their sexuality and like talking about it. And those were always the ones that I would like pour through. Right. That should have been like number one, but I, I did. I, announced that I I was curious to Yik Yak before I announced that anywhere else. Actually, I think maybe one person, but in a, and then I literally made a fake Snapchat, not a fake one, but another Snapchat under a different uh, spelling of my name because I had comments from other uh, people that were, that were gay. And, uh, and I almost Snapchatted one of them, but I was still like not even ready to like really re- like come to terms with my sexuality and I wasn't ready to like for anyone to know and me to just like sit in it so I like made it and did all of that and like didn't even look at my snapchat but like it was enough for me like enough of an adrenaline rush <laughs> I guess I just had I, I don't know I took I don't know I'm not I'm not proud of that I'm very not proud of that but you know I was Being a catfish also- you were, t- you were young. You were a kid. You're 13. Now, if you were fucking, if you weren't in junior high, if you were in high school or college, it'd be fucking weird. Yeah, but no. it, it's not weird when you're 13. Yeah, no. it's problematic in terms of like just being a problem child and being trouble troublesome. But like, it's not like weird uh, or like disgusting or anything. Yeah, no. I think that's funny. And, like, I was, like, 13. So, like, the things that we would talk about in the grand scheme of things, wow, I was probably talking about Lady Gaga. <laughs> like, Kesha, I don't know. We'll do a question with the queers. Yes, let's do it. This part of the podcast, we answer your questions that uh, we have no business trying to answer. Literally, we have no business. This is dysfunctional. The only reason we're doing this type one, because we had a guest that was scheduled today that was a no-show, but yeah. Okay, here's our question. Okay, so this comes from Tia. She's 22, she's from Maryland, and she asks, Hi, Queer Talk, love the pod. You guys always know how to brighten my day. Here's my dilemma. I have this crush, and I can't tell if she's into me. Oof, she is my best friend. We play basketball together, and I have no idea how to tell her I like her more than a friend. It's literally eating me alive. On one hand, I want to be more than friends, but I'm afraid if it goes badly, it will crush us both and be super awkward since we have to see each other when the season starts up again. Uh, Fingers crossed, COVID. I'm also not out yet either, and she says she's straight, but I feel like she might not be because she's had some curiosities in the past. Any advice would be the bomb. 
basketball players, though. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> they're probably gay. Twenty-five percent at least, because on my basketball team, a quarter of us ended up being gay, and that was in the yeah, that was in Republican out in the country. So yeah, I just happened to be literally the token lesbian for the whole entire softball team. Is weird, but. I mean, if she's your best friend, you spend enough time together, and I'm sure she's confided in you in certain things. And if she's curious, I mean, if she has been in the past, maybe she still is, and it, that could be an open conversation for you two to have. I mean, you could kind of segue it in, like, a friend way and ask, like, about her preferences and things like that and kind of get a gauge or feel for the room of – how that conversation would go so then you don't ruin the friendship just in case you have to have that contingent plan because you do have you are going to be playing together for a season and that can be awkward true but the season I mean your season doesn't really start I'm sure I know like my cousins have tryouts and stuff now but there is some time and I think that I don't know I had this a similar thing because I played on a lot of different sports teams over the years and this happened to me and I wish that I would have like I really not that I have any regrets but I wish I guess it's a regret I don't know if it's a regret or not um because it is what it is but I wish that I would have had the balls to say something or yeah. at least tell an, a mutual friend about it and get advice because there was someone that I thought I had a connection with and you can feel when you have a connection that's more than a friend with somebody and it was something that like our other friends like it's like almost like they could feel it too but they didn't know that it was like a gay thing they just knew that we became friends super quick and we you know like needed to have our own space it was like really weird like it was like where everyone vocalized it and uh and so I remember having that feeling of like wanting to kiss this person and I pushed away because I'm like I really want to keep her as a friend we are like such new friends we it's not like we've been friends for years so like it's not like where we still have that relationship built to where if I say this it may be a little awkward but we'll get through it you know yeah. it could have been one of those things because she was such a new friend that it, it would have just it, it would have been really awkward and I I don't I don't know like so I didn't choose to do it but I almost it got to the point where it was, it was the biggest crush at that time that I had ever had on someone and I was going to tell my friend and I was she was supposed to come over our mutual friend and she never came over and then I never had the balls to say it but I was literally very prepared to tell her yeah. um because she's such an open person and I didn't because I mean that also if I say that then that means that I have to also answer questions about my sexuality which I wasn't comfortable doing then so I think that you kind of have to gauge how long have you been friends with this person? Is this person open enough to where maybe regardless if they're straight or gay, they are okay. Even if they don't have a crush on you, they're still okay. Like their maturity level, you know, cause obviously if they don't take it well, that could really be hard. But yeah. if you are confident that even if it doesn't work out, regardless if they're gay or straight or they don't have a crush on you, that you guys are going to be okay. And that, she'll keep your secret if you're you want it to stay a secret and so gauging that level of trust and gauging this you know or you can go all in if you'd rather have that everything than nothing just be prepared if it, if it doesn't work out and 
I wasn't prepared. I think if it was a good friend that I had for a few years, I would have said something. We would have worked through it. I was just afraid because I didn't know her that well. I didn't know. I knew she, you know, didn't care about gay people in terms of like, she didn't think that it was wrong. I just didn't know all of her, her stuff. And she was also conservative in terms of politics. So there was just a lot of stuff in it. And I was just afraid. And I think if it happened to me now, where I am out and confident, and I, I probably would have told a mutual friend and been like, I kind of like her, I kind of have a crush on her. And it would have been okay, even if she realized it. And then I, you know, somebody said, she doesn't have a crush on you, that, then fine, like you, you get over it, or whatever. That's probably what I would have done, knowing me now, um, and been true to myself. But I wasn't as confident, I wasn't out and, and stuff like that, so yeah. That's the best answer I could give. Hell yeah. Uh, thanks for coming to Queer Talk. Cheers, um, XOXO to dysfunctional lesbians. <laughs> Cheers, queers. Um, that's the end of the podcast. If you would like to subscribe, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a follow on Spotify. Be you, be queer, stay safe. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>